0: Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. And I think this is really important when we're looking at what we really want to be true. So God will give us the vision and the tools and the resources to make those things happen, but we have to really understand that a lot of this is on us to execute once we know what it is. So we're going to help you guys dig into what it means to um, lead with clarity and find clarity in your, own, in your own business. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and let's chat. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Kristen. I'm one of your hosts today. And um, in this episode, we're going to talk about, I call this my elevator speech, <laughs> um, when teachers come to me and they say, I'm stuck. I'm severely afraid. I don't even know what the next step. Like, what do I do next? Um, These three things um, that we are going to discuss are vital to to knowing the answer to that. Um, Clarity, community, and consistency. And we're going to really hang out with what it means to have clear vision and clarity in your business, in your ministry that you feel like God's calling you to do. And hello, Nick. Hello. The other host of the show. What are you drinking today? What's in so your this one, counter?
1: it's it's a another local roast, and they call it "Death to Good Coffee." Death. Does it or
0: have a roast, skeleton or a skull? Which I thought
1: was weird. No, I mean it's one of those that has some some weird kind of uh, we'll call it artistic art <laughs> design. But uh, on the label, it's it says it's like coffee that maybe didn't didn't get it shot, or it's like <laughs> it's, the, it's a blend shot. of some sort. Um, so it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's a little bit cheaper than, than some of the others. So I kind of go back and forth between like the higher end and like just the, the okay stuff, but even for an quote unquote, okay one, it's, it's pretty good.
0: Nice. I've been sticking with water today, but, um, I'm like really digging my chai and cocoa tea right now. So it's not coffee, but that's what I'm digging right now.
1: It's not pumpkin spice. Praise the Lord. It's not
0: pumpkin spice. Praise the Lord.
1: Now, if you like that, um. (laughs) I apologize. It's just not my thing. You're
0: still welcome here. (laughs) (laughs) You are. So in this episode, we are really going to talk about clarity. So Nick, when teachers, and I know you've worked with lots of yoga teachers, um, but you even work with other people just building their brand, their online presence or their courses or whatever that might be, their podcast. When you're working with someone who's kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck. Like, what is their response when you ask them, like, the first question a lot of times we'll ask is like well what do you want like what do you want to be true like what is their common response i don't know (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) or it's it's kind of like a lot of stuttering and hemming and hawing and like well mm -hmm." like no like really what do you want and when you get down to it a lot of them are like i i don't know i i know that i don't want what i have right now
0: And I think that sometimes that can be a good place to start. If you're trying to find clarity, what do you not want? Let's start there then. What don't you want? And that's at least a place to start. But I, the same, like um, I'll have, you know, teachers kind of reach out and say, hey, I love that you're doing online yoga. or I see that you're now adding teachers to your studio. How do you do that? Or how does that work? And, um, you know, I'll ask them some questions. Just like, what you know, what do you want to be true? And they're like, I don't even know and for me in those conversations a lot of times what i hear in the background of that is um we're afraid to dream we're afraid to even put it out there because we're so risk averse and we're so afraid of failure that like we won't even put it out there even if we kind of know (laughs) like it's like we won't even put it out there so and and like just to like it's kind of overwhelming because it's like okay well i want to let's say your dream is to um run and operate a studio like we'll get really specific and, and it doesn't mean you start there, but like to know where the target is, you at least know what you're aiming for and you can pivot and course correct along the way, but it's like just putting it out there, but then to think of all the needs that needs to happen can just feel really overwhelming. And so even if, even if it's like, I know what I want, but I just feel really overwhelmed. So that, that's been kind of my experience with that question. Even when yeah. I ask myself, <laughs>
1: yeah that i think sometimes too there's a little confusion about like maybe they see someone else and what they do and what they want and they kind of like take that as their own like well you know i kind of want what i see in this other person so maybe there's this aspect of like taking on someone else's dreams and desires instead of really thinking like what do you really want
0: Well, and i think uh, like a just a silly example of this is if I see someone who's in really good shape and she's kind of like the same age as me, she's got kids, she runs her own business. She's kind of like my, like me. Um, and I see how good of shape she's in. And even if I was like, what do you do? Like, it's not a one size fits all. And it's not even a one size fits all for all seasons for us, like for one person. But it's not going to be the same. If she just says, this is my, this is exactly what I eat. This is exactly when I work out. And I just follow that plan to a T it's not gonna, it's not going to translate exactly the same because what I didn't see was the 10 years before that she set the foundation. What I don't see is, you know, all of these other things that are moving and how she kind of found her own rhythm and her own way. But I can, I think, ask, questions or you know really be reflective about okay so what is it that I want and what is it that she has that I want because the the methods may be completely different even though we kind of want the same thing so um that's why today I thought it would be good for us to ask our teachers a couple of questions Um we have about what five questions that we thought we could ask you to help really bring clarity around the question. Like, what do I want to be true? What is that? That dream that's kind of nudging you or that could, could I do this or should I do this or whatever? And so um, let's stick into those questions. I'll start with the first one. This is when I always ask a lot of teachers that um, come to me and they're like, I want to build my brand. I want to have a studio. I want to do these things, or I want to do online yoga. I want to, I want to do a lot of retreats. I want to do whatever. The first question I ask them is like, what's your favorite type of yoga to practice? As a yoga teacher or a fitness instructor, what do you enjoy receiving when you go to to yoga? And if you're not going to yoga, little side note here, guys: keep yourself in other people's classes, even if it's online. Hey, we've got we've got a whole lot for you online. Go to Christian's the Yoga on YouTube. We got you. Um, you're putting yourself in this right. So find or or identify what it is you like the most. And then, then identify why, like, why do I like, so for me, um, if you've been around longer than 20 seconds, you know, that power yoga is my, my jam. It's just what I love. I love the loud music, the hot room, sweaty, getting to the edge of myself. I love the intensity. Um, I love the way I feel afterwards. Um, I just love the whole experience. Um, So to practice, if they say if somebody said you have one hour to practice any of these yogas, and it's the last time you'll ever get to practice, which one would I pick? That's the one I would practice. So I think that's a really good question to start with. Is like, what's your favorite type of class to take or to be a part of, and why? Because when you're when you're having fun and you are connecting with your own practice, that's naturally just going to like overflow. You're going to exude enthusiasm for your work and what you want to be true. And you're going to attract those people with that enthusiasm. Like people are very magnetic to like, if someone's excited about something and it piques my interest, I'm excited too. And I want to be around that person. I want to know why they're so excited. Right. And so when you're like, man, I love the way my body feels. I love how my mind just feels like a reset. And you're just telling your story because you're excited, then that's going to overflow. And that's going to attract the people that want to be a part of that. And do more of the things you love. Now, that's not to say you won't do some things that you don't love or even teach some classes that you don't love, but let the primary of what you're offering be what you love. And those people that are called to be in your sphere of influence, that are called to be led by you in the season, um, they'll find you because you're doing what you love and you're, being, you're excited about it. So that's yeah, the first question.
1: If, if I could just add add in here too, yeah. that the alternative is, you're going to try to do what you think other people want and over time you're going to resent what you create you're going to resent basically creating a job that you don't even like and I, I i did this on accident you you start building a business and and offering what you think the other people want and then end up feeling trapped because you don't even really enjoy it anymore so if you find yourself in that kind of situation this can really help you get out of that and say what what do I really love? And just do more of that. Like Kristen said, you might still do other things, but to do more of that, what what you love and what excites you, it'll bring some of that energy and momentum back mm-hmm. to your business and can really change the course of, of what you're doing.
0: A hundred percent. And I think, I mean, I feel like even just in this question, it is kind of a call to accountability. So like once I like, what do I want to be true? What's What's the thing? What's the dream? What's the goal and the hope? Like once I put it out there, then it's like, now it's, it's real. Like it's, it's not just inside my head. And then whenever, you know, it's like, there's also the accountability piece of like, what's your favorite type of yoga to practice? If you're not currently practicing right now, which, Hey, we all have those seasons. Like it happens. Um, it's kind of like, okay, so I need to go refall back in love before I ever start trying to create something for what I think people want, you know? And so I think that it does, it kind of brings that back in. Like, what do I want to be true?
1: Yeah. And sometimes we'll even do that thinking like, I, if you're in the, the the phase where like, I just need to make money. I just need to support my family. You might do more things just for the money. And like that, that's, that's where I fell in, into um, for a season of like, I just need to take whatever work I can get. But over time, it, it, it led me to that spot of like resenting my business, and resenting yeah. what I was doing because I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And I would rather make a little bit less money doing things that I felt that I feel I'm called to do, or that, that really excite me and light me up. And, and again, not, not that, I mean, there are parts of every business that are hard and that are not fun. Like accounting is not that fun. Even though I was an accounting major, I don't, I don't love accounting. So like, there's always things you're not going to love, but like overall you should love what you're doing and mm-hmm. what you're providing. And if, if you don't, that should be a red flag that some, something's off.
0: Okay. Let's go to our second question. This one I feel like can be a little bit tricky, but I think it also comes back to your own story and your own passion. Um, Who am I called to reach? And I put I put a little note. Spoiler: It won't be everyone. (laughs) If you are one of those, if you are a recovering people pleaser or a current people pleaser, um, just know that it won't be everyone. You will turn people away. You will not be for everyone, and. I promise you like as hard as that is, um, it's so much more fulfilling when you're doing the work you love for the people that you're called to do. Cause remember your people can find you when you're doing the work you love. (laughs) And so, um, asking yourself that question, who am I called to reach? And I, I think this answer can change with seasons, right? Like, early in my practice, I think I was more called to reach moms who were like stay at home moms and needed like a social outlet and some inspiration and someone to pour back into them. So I was teaching 5 a.m. classes to try to get them before husbands left for, you know, and that's not my, that's not who I'm called to reach in the season. And that changes like not only student wise, but just in general, like right now I'm feeling very drawn to reach other teachers. And that was not my goal 10 years ago before I was even a fitness instructor. <laughs> so in this season, who am I called to reach? And you can even break that down, you know, by age, like what, what age range of people are you called to reach? Male, female, um, people who may need fill in the blank. And so, I don't know. Do you yeah, have it, anything? Yeah, as in say, yeah, based so off on, your work.
1: On this, what you'll see a lot in like the marketing world and branding world is that If you're trying to reach everybody you're going to reach nobody so if you find in in your marketing and and branding efforts if you're not really seeing much results from your efforts it could be that it could be your message is too broad and people don't know who you're for and who you're who you help
0: and it kind of goes back to that original what do i want what do i want to be true what do i want to put out into the world so for me if I am feeling really called to empower other teachers and leaders in in their you know endeavors I'm not going to keep putting out my own like nutrition like this is what I'm eating today and this blah blah, blah because what I put out I'm going to get back. And so if I don't want to build the personal like wellness consultant side of my what I'm able to offer if I don't want to be um a hairdresser. If I don't want to do hair anymore, if I don't want to, like whatever I'm putting out, I'm going to get back. And so knowing what who it is that I'm called to reach in the season, that's what I'm going to allow to flow out of me, so that that, that those people can find me in this season. And it's okay for it to change. Like we are not married to the methods; <laughs> we are married to the mission. And that's just I don't know. That's just my experience
1: because yeah. I am a
0: jack of all trades.
1: <laughs> and then one key differentiator I would say in this is that a lot of advice you'll hear about business and stuff is like you know who's your demographic and that word gets thrown around a lot but demographic is really more of like the nuts and bolts of like the stats of their life are they is it a man or a woman how old are they what's their job like it's it's more of like that that kind of thing whereas psychographics is really more of what what I like to lead people to it's like what are their goals what are their dreams what are their fears what are their worries what keeps them up at night it's more about that sort of thing because it can span a a, a broad range of income levels and like what is their job and where do they sh- get their groceries you know like some some people, it's ridiculous how specific it gets and if you're in like e-commerce that probably matters but when you're not you might find that you reach people of a varying age range and that's why sometimes it can feel so hard to decide because you're stuck on the demographics when you really need to focus more on the psychographics. So again, what that means is what are their struggles? What are their pain points? What are they their worries or, or what are they anxious about? What are their hopes, their dreams, their goals? When you focus on that, then that can help you with your, your marketing and your messaging and people then know like, who do you help and how do you help them?
0: that's really good um I was actually just writing down a note as you were talking like this is why it's so important um to tell our story to to invite people to be a part of our story because when we tell our story if I'm just out there saying this is when classes this is when classes this is when classes yeah I might get some people trickling in just because they saw it you know but like if I'm out here sharing why why this class is so beneficial why it's helped me why I love power yoga, again, coming back to what I love too, um, sharing that part of my story invites other people to see themselves in it. And then we lead them, you know, with strategy, we lead them to, um, to be a part of whatever it is we're offering. And so I think this is also a part that so many entrepreneurs and business people in general forget to do is tell their story because people especially in this space you guys like it may be different for like you know nicks more in the um like I don't know audio and visual all of that space like podcasts and audiobooks and all of that but for yoga like i need to feel safe i need to kind of feel like i know the person that i would want to be around them that i understand what they're about and that i trust them and so we call that the no like trust fa- factor and we'll refer to it a lot here but it's like what one way for people to build that no like trust factor with me um, in such a vulnerable space like yoga is one of those things people are very insecure about it like I would even say even more than like going to the gym like people are just like I'm not stretchy I'm this body type or I'm a man or I'm a woman whatever but as I tell my story people are going to decide like is this someone that I trust is this someone that uh, you know whatever that is so Telling your story is important, and I would love to get into that on another day.
1: And I just want to interject there, too, that um, throughout our, our shows and our, our episodes, um, you'll hear me talk about marketing and messaging and sales, and I don't want you to be put off by that. There, there is kind of this feeling like the used car salesman kind of thing. Like, I don't want to be sleazy. It's like, it's not about sales. It's not about money. Well, first, you're a business, and you need to make money. Money is not good or bad. It's just a thing. And. Marketing and sales is not sleazy. You solve a problem. What you do makes people's lives better. So if you view it through that lens, it feels a lot less sleazy. You are trying to just get your name out there and find more people who have a problem that you can solve. And when you can view it that way, it feels a lot less sleazy. So please don't be put off by my interjections with how we could possibly help you grow your business and uh, make more money. Because it's an important thing. And what you do provides a lot of value.
0: Well, and we won't get into this right now because it's a whole series of podcasts that we could do. But um, money get, affords you things, obviously, but it also affords you time. Like time is money. As a hairstylist, I recognize that very quick in my entrepreneurship is time is money. So the more efficient I got with you know time management, with my my clients and things like that, the more people I could see. Um, or I would raise my prices and I would get all of that time back because I'm not having to see as many clients. And so, um, we need money to operate. We need money to live. We need money to have other freedoms. And again, we're not going to get into that today, but I think I wanted to just hit on something you said, um, marketing isn't sleazy. I think you, you're not a sleazy person. (laughs) So you're not going to be sleazy if you're not a sleazy person. Like I had this conversation the other day and it was like, I'm not trying to be greedy. And then I was like, but I'm not a greedy person. Like I'm just not, I I would say I tend, I I always want to be fair and then even generous, um, as much as I possibly can and over fair. And so like, for me to even like, feel like I need to say that, like, I'm not a greedy person or I'm not trying to be greedy. I have to remind myself like, I'm not a greedy person. So of course I'm not trying to be greedy. So changing that little bit of mindset about yourself is gonna help too.
1: Real quick friend, if any of these episodes have helped you in some way, would you please take a minute and leave us a review on whatever platform you use for podcasts? We love that we get to share this information with you for free. And when you leave a review, it lets other teachers know that this is valuable and just might change someone else's life. It would mean the world to us if you take a moment and do that right now and then come right back to this episode. Thanks. Now back to the show.
0: All right, so the next question is, what am I good at? Like, what are my strengths? And I love this question because I'm very aware of what I'm good at. I'm equally as hyper, maybe even aware of what I'm not good at. (laughs) And so I think both are absolutely necessary, but like, what am I good at? What do I bring to the table? What is something that I, just naturally have the ability to do that feels easy that feels like I you know I'm I, I'm just good at it, right? That can help people. So what am I good at? and I just want to say like if you don't know because I know sometimes depending on where you're at in in your life and your mindset and your mind health and all of that, it can be really hard sometimes to have a healthy self- perception of ourselves um, or a healthy self-esteem. So if you don't know, ask five people that you that you do life with maybe even in different areas someone your boss someone that you're you know is a subordinate to you someone that's a peer someone a child children are brutally honest they will tell you <laughs> um but ask five people to just tell you hey what are three things that I seemingly do well or that I seem strong at and so I think that that would be my like my challenge to you is if you don't know but if you do know I want you to start making a list Nick What's, what are two things you're good at?
1: One is that when it comes to excellence and, per, and perfection and that, that sort of thing, the perfection is where it tends to go to, to weakness, but, um, just doing things with, with excellence and high quality work is definitely one of them. Uh, another is, is figuring out complex things and simp- and like dumbing it down, not dumbing, but simplifying it, um, bringing, bringing clarity and, and simplification to a, a complex, um, uh, issue. Those are definitely like
0: the master cliff noter, (laughs) like seriously. Yeah. I mean, but that's, I wanted to just like surprise you with that question because I wanted to see if you like just off the top of your head, know what you're good at. So you are, you're very good in the details. Like details don't overwhelm you. Details overwhelm me. So that's why we make a, a good team because I am very overwhelmed by details and I'm with you. Like I need it to be as simple as possible. And so that is what you bring to this partnership, to this table is the gift of um not being afraid of the details like i'm not afraid to jump like i'm not, like here, i got my parachute it may or may not be on but like we're going and i feel like you know that's something that i can bring to the table i'm a little more like let's just try it like what do we have to lose like for me my fear of like missing out on something or missing out on something that could be awesome is way greater than my fear of failure <laughs> or my fear of regret of not doing it is bigger than my fear of failure and so like my i'm an activator um like if you've ever done a strength finder like activator is one of my top strengths and um yeah that's just something i can bring to the table so it's great because then i'm like i'm like let's jump and then i'm like i don't know where the cord is to this thing it's really complex <laughs> you're like i got you right here so i think that that's that's great what about you Um, well, like I just said, one of my strengths is like, I'm just a master starter. Like I feel like I'm just like, I'm just walking around with my little candle and I'm like, who wants a light? Who wants a light? I got you right here. Let's light this. Let's start this. Um, so in that also like my, I would say weakness or a place I'm not as strong is sometimes the achieving or the follow through is not always like for me, like I just want to start it and then I want to delegate it out and send it on its way. And I want to start it and I want to delegate it out. Um, so I think activation, um, strategy is a really good strength for me. So I don't do well with complexity, like what you, like how you, in some sense can like see all these jumble of things and all of that and untie it to show it to everybody. Mine is more like, how can I avoid things becoming complex? So what's the most simple strategy to do it? But because I'm not scared to jump, usually I am sometimes, um, I'm like I'm not trying to like over complicate things. So um my gift I feel like I have the gift of just being able to see something in a picture and being like omit this, take care of this, do this and just kind of strategize it. I would say that that's I like to think, you know, I always say I'm allergic to vulnerability and something this this last year that I feel like God has really been trying to crack open in me that vulnerability is a gift and it can be my superpower. And so I've been trying more and more to lean into that. And it shows people some of the not so polished sides of myself that I would rather, not that I like need to be like polished, polished, but like, I'm like, I want things to match and blend and go together and land and do all these things. Whereas like, sometimes like, I just want people to see that, like I'm cracked open wide. I don't even know what to do with it. I don't have anywhere to lead you to. I just want you to know it because I just do. I think that vulnerability is a superpower. So that's the thing I'm strengthening, I would say.
1: Nice. And just as a side note, if you're new to some of this stuff and you're not sure, there's a book that's really good called Strength Finders 2.0. And we can link that in the show notes. If you haven't haven't gone through that, we, we highly recommend doing that.
0: It's so good. It's so good. All right, Nick. Do you want to ask this next question? I feel like this one might be Yeah, your so question. number four. Because <laughs> you asked me and I didn't have the answer whenever we first started working together.
1: Yeah, so number four, what financial income do I need to make it worth my time? And anytime it comes to money, especially in this realm, when we tie Christianity to money, it can feel a little icky sometimes. And a lot of people, a lot of yoga teachers Feel uncomfortable even charging money. You know they'll they'll do donation base for far too long. And like donation base, it has its place. And if that's your calling, if if you don't need to make money from this, if this is something you just love to do and you you're financially well off and don't need the money, like that's totally cool. Um, But this is for anyone who actually needs to make money with this. Um, One, it's okay to do that. And two, like you need to get really crystal clear with how much money do I actually need, Mm -hmm. because then we can reverse engineer. What do I need to do to meet that income goal? And when you have that, when you have that clarity of, hey, I need to bring in $1,000 a month. Okay, great. What can I do to make that 1000 And when you can break it down and say, I can run a series and charge $50 for a head, and I need this many people to then hit that income goal, it just makes it really easy to reverse engineer what it takes to hit those financial goals.
0: That's good. Um, this, so this, like I said, when you had, I remember you asking me this, like, what, what needs to, what do you need? What's that number? And I was like, I don't know. And I think there's also a lot of shame around money, especially if no one ever taught you how to properly spend, save and give like no one ever taught me that ever. And so like I'm a decent spender, like I'm not an overspender or whatever, but like there's, there's just a lot of shame around like my lack of knowledge for money and or like how to invest in all of these things. Like, and so I remember struggling with this and I just remember being like, just get really honest. Like, 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 what do you actually need? And so then we just kind of worked backwards from there. So I think also um, when asking this question, decide, is this something that you want to be part-time or full-time? Look, if you, and you can, I promise, (laughs) if you just want an extra thousand dollars a month, for like, and you already have your full-time gig and you just want extra thousand dollars a month teaching one or two classes a week. One, I promise you it can happen. But two, like just acknowledge that and just be like, okay, this is not my full-time thing. Like this is just something I'm going to do. And instead of going to a studio, getting $20 to teach, I would like to make a little bit more money for my two classes per week that I want to offer. And like, I can literally in one minute, give you strategy on how to make that happen, but I'm not going to, cause you're going to have to stick around for more.
1: And also on what you said about shame, you can also feel shame just around the desire for more,
0: mm-hmm. uh, especially
1: again, in our Christian circles. And this is something that I have had to fight through mm-hmm. growing up in church. And there's this part that like, we, we want things, we want more things and like, things aren't bad. It's, it's okay to, to want nice things. It's just when they control you when when it dominates what you do that that's when it can become a problem when it becomes a master in your life that's when it can become a problem but just just desiring more like it's okay it's okay to want more it's okay to want a little bit more money to to have some finer things in life or to go on a trip or mm-hmm. um just to provide more for your family like that is yeah. okay and you do, you shouldn't feel shame around that and there's a book called poverty riches and wealth by chris vallaton and i'll i'll link to that in in the show notes but it's it's really good and it really helps fight this scarcity mindset that a lot of us christians have and move to uh or his his tagline is moving from a life of lack into true kingdom abundance and there's another book that's really helpful called thou shall prosper by daniel lepin i believe it is and i'll link to that in the show notes as well what i love about this one is it's a jewish rabbi who dives into a lot of the history of the Jewish people who, you know, that was God's people for, for centuries. And there's a lot of wisdom that they pass on um, through their oil tradition, things that aren't even available in the Old Testament, the things that, that we have. And I found it just fascinating, one. And two, I found it really helpful um, just sharing their views and how God has helped them be a, a prosperous people. So check that book out as well. Warning, it's kind of long, but it's uh, it's really good. Even if you only listen to the first like half of it, it's it's got some really good information in there. The last thing I'll, I'll say on the topic is that if you had all your needs met and and finances just weren't a worry, how much more could you do in the kingdom? Mm-hmm. If you had financial abundance, how much more could you do? A lot more. Like
0: how much energy could you save by not running around scrapping? Yeah.
1: Yeah, if, if you weren't so, if your mind was not so worried and focused on making more money because you needed it really badly, but instead your mind was calm and focused on what it is you were really put on this earth to do, you could be so much more effective. So I really think money gets a bad rap in, in a lot of Christian circles, and that's something that we can definitely help you with uh, as yeah. these episodes progress.
0: Something I wanted to share. So when you spoke about this earlier, you, you the question is, what do I need? Um And then I was going to follow that up with, but also ask yourself, what do I want? And this goes back into that vulnerable space of saying like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what I want because you're scared to even want it because it's really disappointing when it doesn't happen or it feels like a failure. It feels like God doesn't care or we missed it or whatever. Um, But this, I've been doing this, you guys, for those of you that are yoga teachers, I've been doing this in my class because I've gotten such the habit of like, what do you need today? Like unroll your mat. Let's take some breaths. Like what, what's happening in your head and in your body? What do you need? And then I felt like just a couple months ago from the time of this recording, just a few months back, I felt like I wanted to ask people what they wanted. Like, what do you want? Like the same thing, just not around finding. I mean, maybe it was a financial thing for them, but like you're here, you've, you've set aside this time for yourself to invest in you. What do you want? And so like, instead of like, I just. I need to be able to be mobile enough to get up and down the stairs without struggle. Maybe my want is to actually feel good about the way I feel in my clothes. Or maybe I want to feel a day where I don't have mental fog, you know, like, and so I think like what you're saying, Nick, this is really good to recognize, like know what you need, like start there, know what you need, but also know what you want, um, you know, to provide more experience, more, things, more whatever for your family or whatever for just to have. (laughs) Okay. We have one last question and this is probably my favorite question is who do I need in my corner? Um, I think that this actually is going to lead us into our next discussion about the power of community, but this is the one that I think we kind of miss sometimes. Like a lot of times I think we, it's like, who, who do I need Supporting me, holding me accountable, encouraging me. And I promise you, it probably won't be the same person or even the same two people. Like the person that I reach out to for accountability is not the same person I reach out to for comfort. I have these people layered in my life. This is the power of community and we are better together. So when you're looking at your business or your next steps as a yoga teacher, who do you need speaking into you? Who do you need, whether it's directly like a coach, someone who's kind of calling out some potential, like, like, Hey, I see this and you're just sitting on some low hanging fruit. What, you know, calling out potential speaking into you, um, maybe a mentor who's like, here's how I've done it. This is what might work for you. You know, someone that you can just kind of mentor with alongside or underneath. Um, and then I like to put this one in when people are talking about, you know, building that community around is counseling. I think it's so important, um, because a lot of times, um, we're walking around with a bunch of wounds. And again, we're gonna get into this in the next podcast. But um, we're just kind of walking around with a limp. And it's like, how are you supposed to take the next step if your foot is like dying? <laughs> like because you know, like like because you won't address that. And I think all of that can show up in the way that you do business. If you have a lot of trauma around, like let's just use financial trauma, like you know, from poverty or whatever that might be, of course you're gonna struggle to to think outside of what you know and what your body is and mind is holding on to. So um, I say mentor, coach, counselor, like who needs to be in your corner? Do you have anything to say on
1: that? Yeah, just it's, I think it's so key to have coaches and mentors, especially because Mm -hmm. as if you're in the corporate world, you have someone who's kind of dictating like what you should be working on and you have direction of like, this is where the company is headed. And like, that was my world. I always had someone kind of, even if I was in control of some of the smaller details, I always had the bigger details were were handed to me. And I had a manager or a supervisor or someone like keeping me accountable. There was all this stuff just built in and I excelled in the, in that world. Even though it was kind of a loose cannon and, and kind of doing my own thing, um, having some kind of guidelines and structure helped me with that. When yeah. I went on my own, the pendulum kind of swung the other way. But I found that, having a lack of structure and accountability really hindered my growth. And for a long time I struggled. And it was because of that that actually in the structure and in that accountability and just having that framework is where the freedom is found. Mm. And it, it took me a long time to learn that lesson and hearing it from multiple people and like saying like, no, nah, I don't want that. And then finally realizing from experience, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so that's
0: good.
1: There's just so much power that can come from Having some accountability to someone. Um, because w- when when someone else is on the line, when when it's someone else's welfare is on the line, it's easier to keep yourself accountable and and to do what you need to do. When you're the only one that's impacted, it's so much easier to let ourselves down. And, and I, we do I, it
0: over and over and over and over, and that just takes a toll on our psyche as a whole.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I we just I just over find Personally, I, I need that some kind of edge of accountability that says like, hey, here's what is, I'm saying is important and I need to get this done. And then I have, so I have a friend right now, I'm I, I'm in between coaches, which I probably actually is about time to hire a new coach, but I have someone to help keep me accountable with like, these are the big rocks I'm working on in my business. And then at the end of the week, did I do what I said I was going to do? And having, having that in some shape or form is critical or else you're just going to continually put things off and not do the things that you know and you then- need to do
0: the shame cycle starts back over of just like, I blew it, I messed up, I'm a failure. And you just start taking on all of those, like you're reinforcing these negative mindset or thoughts about yourself anyways. yeah, um, And it's so good to have outside voices speaking into you and drawing out of you, I think.
1: Yep. And a lot of times we see these successful people online and we think they did it themselves. None of them did. Every Every successful person I've ever had the benefit of talking to had said like they had people to help them all along the way. Yeah. So the thought that you have to do it on your own and beating yourself up because you haven't been able to, that's totally unrealistic.
0: And it can feel very vulnerable. Like I want to just address this. Like it can be very vulnerable to, you know, hire somebody and have them looking at all your numbers and all your things. Um, It can be very vulnerable to reach out to a mentor and say, Hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to be a part of it. And again, we're going to discuss this more in detail, but go to them. Put yourself in their space don't make them don't be like hey can i buy you a cup of coffee for all of this wisdom you're i need you to drop on me like no put yourself in their space go do whatever they're doing serve them do whatever you need to do to to just gain that wisdom and that insight um and then a counselor so i think it can be very vulnerable and i just want to acknowledge that but i believe that this is one of the keys to excelling in our in our calling in our business um speaking of before we recap, I want to make sure that you guys know that we have a Facebook community for Christian yoga teachers only. Um, so there's it's I want you to know that you are invited. We will make sure you have the link to that, but it's um, I think it's just Christians do yoga teacher community. So come find us, come hang out with us there. Um it's a great place to go ask questions with other like-minded teachers, people who are feeling this way or that way or whatever that is. So
1: direct link you can do facebook.com slash groups slash cdy teacher community or just search for christians do yoga teacher community you you should find it yeah
0: we'll,
1: we'll link it in the show notes too
0: So just to recap, um, and we would always love to hear from you if one of these questions, and I hope you ask yourself all these questions and really sit down and do the work as you finish your cup of coffee. Um, I, we would love to hear which one specifically, because usually there's one where it's like, okay, for this season, this is the one. Um, so to recap, what is my favorite type of yoga to practice personally and why, who am I called to reach? what am i good at what are my strengths what financial income do i need to make this worth my time and who do i need in my corner so we will be praying for you guys as you explore those questions and really get honest get real um inviting god into that those questions and those conversations um, and we would love again just to hear which one is standing out to you and where you're at in the season
1: So we hope you found that helpful. We love to offer these resources to you for free. Um, What really helps us out is if you could share this with other yoga teachers who might be struggling and could use some help in their business. So if you could share that, also if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen to this, that really helps us out. And we also have some free resources available on our website. Head over to ChristiansDoYoga.com forward slash teacher and check out those resources we have for you.